We at Amazing Stories are thankful for and gracefully accept the donations we receive from our listeners from across the world who count on the unique programming we provide. You too can donate through the link provided in the description section of each episode. Please keep in mind that the continued support from our growing audience helps us fulfill our mission of bringing you a new amazing story every day. Thank you for listening, and we hope you continue to enjoy our stories. At the priest's house, Yark Björnesson rises to his full height and leans against the door. It crumbles like a bank of snow. The priest holds up his hand to show the ring of the magisterium, and Yark fells him with one swipe of his powerful left paw. Please, please don't hurt me. You must not hurt me. I am the representative of the Magisterium. Magisterium means nothing. You mean less. You denied me my armor. No, no, I didn't take it from you. They left it here for safekeeping. Why shouldn't I crush you as you have tried to crush me? Lyra runs into the house, finds the armor thrown against a wall, and tries to drag it outside, but the weight is astonishing. The armor stays on the floor, as if it were bolted there. I shall take it now. Yorick raises his paw and rolls the priest out into the street. Then he carries his armor down to the harbor. It's rusted from neglect. As Lyra watches, he leaps into the water, catches and kills a plump seal. He drags its body onto the dock and opens it with one swipe of his claws. Then he starts rubbing the hot blubber into the metal, cleaning every inch until the sheen returns and the bolts and links and joints move smoothly again. Satisfied, Yorick looks up to see a face he recognizes as the mob of townspeople gather behind him at the dock gates. Some are already holding him in their rifle sights. Mr. Scoresby, are you with the Egyptians? Sure am, Yorick Bjornison. Seems we're both hired hands. Here comes the boss with some angry locals. Don't burn since to leave now or they'll destroy him. I guess that's mutually agreeable, Yorick. I have what they stole from me. I have my own self-regard. Egyptians, the road lies open. Lyra, get in the back of Father Coram's sledge. Lee, are you loaded? Ready to go, Lord Far. And you, Yorick Burnson. When I am clad. Yorick Björnesson girds himself in readiness. Helmet, breastplate, backplate, glint and clatter. I am ready. Following the compass north, the spruce and pine grow ever more stunted. They travel till nightfall. Stop here! Set up, come! Lyra, can you see the Alethiometer to read it? Yes, Lothar. I want to know how they're defending Bolvanger. There's a company of Tartars. Hmm? Sixty men with rifles. And the demons are all wolves. <sighs> This is the Beersk Regiment. It's the Beersk, yeah. It also says there's a village where the folk are troubled by a ghost of a child. I don't know what anyone could do about that. Sixty riflemen. Mr. Scoresby. Sixty armed men. I guess they're expecting trouble. We'll just have to provide the sort they weren't expecting. You all right? Have you traveled this way before? Once. Is there a village nearby? Mm-hmm. Over the ridge. Can you take me there? I obey Lord Far. Lord Far, hmm? if your person takes me to the next village, we can find out about the child, but he won't go without your permission. You sure you need to do this? The Alethiometer says it's important. I have to. Very well. 
Climb on my back, Lyra Bellacqua. Won't you be too heavy? Not if you make yourself small. A mouse will do. Aha! You are the weight of a cup. Look up. Are they birds? Witches. If they are flying to the aid of your enemies, you should all be afraid. Here is the village. What do you want to do now? Find the child. I see a child's tracks going into the barn. I suppose we better go in, Pan, and look for him. They enter a low wooden barn in which gutted fish dry on racks. The floor is frozen earth. Pan, help me see who's here. Please, be a bat. Go and look for the child. No. Then be a glowworm and give me some light. Lyra, don't stay here. No, no, something's very wrong. Leave. Well, what if it's Roger? Then he's changed, and I'm very scared of him. Suddenly, a thin, wizened boy crawls towards them. <gasps> he has no demon. Ratter, you got my ratter? No, sorry, I haven't. What's your name? Tony Macarius. Where's Rattar? Come on, Tony. We're going to take you somewhere safe. I don't know where my Rattar is. Gracious God, Lyra. What have you found? This is Tony. They must have cut his demon away. In Bolvanga. They've done this. They took my Rattar. Build that fire up and eat some soup. Falakorum is your shelter rigged. Here's John. Bring her over, get her warm. And the boy? Bring Tony. Lyra, wake, child. I'm afraid Tony died an hour ago. John Farr's ordered a fire made, and they're going to cremate him. The ground's too frozen for burial. But we have brushwood and coal oil. Can I see him? Of course, child. Scoresby, give me your knife. Here. Just watch yourself. It's recently wedded. Good. And I've got a gold coin. I'll scratch Rat's name on it. Tony will be provided like a Jordan scholar. See, I'll place it in your mouth. Lyra struggles to prise open the thin set jaw. Then she slides the coin between his clenched teeth. Then it's the dawn of the bitterest day. What's happened to the spy flight? It's down in the bottom of that bag. Put it back when your curiosity is sated, Lyra. I'm away to talk with Lord Farr. We shall be heading for severer weather and maybe coming close to where the children are kept. Yurik Merson, can you make a keeping tin for the spy flight in the shape of the alethiometer? Something with moss and lichen packed in to smother the noise? I've got an idea it might be worth having. As a decoy? Yeah. I need metal. Well, here's a biscuit tin. I ate the last couple to empty it. Yorick Bjornesson takes the tin, opens it out and scores it with his claws. Then he folds and laps it, the metal pliant as a summer leaf. Oh, it's exactly the same size and shape as the alethiometer. Thank you. Yorick, is that hard not having a demon? Don't you get lonely? Bears are made to be solitary. What about the Svalbard bears? Aren't there thousands of them? I was exiled from Svalbard for killing another bear and sent to live at the edge of the human world. 
My armor forfeited. Why did you kill the other bear? I was out of my own control. If the Svalbard bears took your armor away, where did you get this set from? I made it myself, from sky metal. Bears can make their own souls. Could the bears be defeated? No. You have seen my armor. Now look at my weapons. Yorick Bjornesson unsheathes his razor-sharp, knife-long claws. Wow, those are really scary. And we see tricks and deceit as plain as arms and legs. Now go, whilst I eat. Bardakorum, can I ride with Lee Scoresby? If Mr. Scoresby is willing. Sure. Time on board, Lyra. I guess you've got enough questions to occupy a cyclopedia maker. Much! Mr. Scoresby, could you fly to Svalbard? Hell, Lyra, I wouldn't dare. I can't imagine what circumstance would tempt me to try. What if you at Venison wanted to go back? They'd tear them to pieces, me included. How do you inflate your balloons, Mr. Scoresby? Hell, child, I look for vents close to fire mines, or pour sulfuric acid on iron filings and draw off the gas. How many people can you carry? Six. Most would jump out short of their destination if you kept up this questioning. Could you carry Yurk in his armor? You're still thinking about getting him back to Svalberg. I rescued him one time from the Tartars, and that was difficult enough. Hang on to your questions. It's going to be a bumpy ride. We're headed for fog. The fog is perfect for an ambush. We're being attacked! Get down! Get under cover! Pantalaimon becomes a leopard, but better to guard Lyra. Lie down! You're less of a target. Lyra falls into the snow. Let me turn over. I want to see what's happening. Egyptians attempt to protect their sledges, whilst Yorick Bjornesson charges, the arrows deflected by his armor. But Lyra is the Samoyed hunter's quarry. They find her easily and truss her, covering her face with a sack. Immobilized and fearful, she is carried a short distance and thrown onto a sledge. The fog shields her from the Egyptians' view. Pan! I'm here. Keep still. Shh. I'm a mouse now. I'll ease the hood so you can breathe better. Oh, thank you. Who are they? They look like Tartars, but I don't think they are. You should have been watching the lithiometer. Hush. Pretend you're unconscious. They'll take us to the gobblers. They'll sever us like they did Tony Macarius. We won't let them. After a terrible journey, the sledge halts. Somebody removes the sack from Lyra's head and hauls her upright. She sits blinking at a squat, grey, functional building, resembling the annex of a hospital. The man takes her by the shoulders and half carries her indoors. Do you speak English? Yes. Does your demon always take that form? Pantalaimon changes from a mouse to a falcon and attacks the man. Not fixed. Right. And what's your name? Lizzie Brooks. Welcome, Lizzie. Myra, be really slow and stupid. Oh, the nurse. Pan, look, she hasn't got a demon. Sister Clara, can you see to her? Of course, Doctor. Come with me, dear. How old are you? Eleven. We'll see if you're nice and healthy, and then we'll pop you in the shower. You haven't changed or washed for days, have you, Lizzie? No. And what's this in your pocket? Oh, a toy. It's mine. 
very pretty. Like a compass, isn't it? Now, into the shower with you. Right, put on these pyjamas and the dressing gown. These don't belong to me. Your clothes need a good wash. She wants her toy back. Wouldn't you rather have a pretty doll? I have the doll as well, thank you. Good girl. We'll go and find you something to eat. You must be hungry after getting lost. I wasn't lost. Wake up. They gave us sleeping pills. They always do that. What's your name? Oh, Lizzie. Lizzie. Are there boys here as well? Yeah. What's it like? If you don't think about it too much, it's okay. Sometimes we all get really scared. <laughs> but mostly it's boring. It's not boring when Mrs. Coulter comes. Oh, it's okay. He's nervous. Who's Mrs. Coulter? She's the one that trapped most of us. Why have they fetched us here? We're like guinea pigs. It's to do with our demons. I reckon they kill us, and Mrs. Coulter watches. Oh, when's she coming? Day after tomorrow. Let's get back in bed before they check on us. If they find you out of bed, they do more tests on you. Last girl they caught, they took to that room at the back. The one that says, entrance strictly forbidden. And then we never saw her again. If Roger's here, Lyra, you need to see him before he sees you. Or he'll give you away. Breakfast, children. Form a nice queue, no pushing. There's Roger. If I turn into a fly, I can tell him you're here without anyone noticing. Oh, there's Billy Costa. Lyra. Shh. You gotta call me Lizzie. Why? Because Mrs. Coulter knows me. How come? Well, it'd take too long to explain. But look, your brother's coming, and Lord Far, and a whole band of Egyptians. Yeah. <coughs> you all right, Billy? Yeah. A cornflake gone down the wrong way. He's Roger. We're going to be rescued, Roger. And I found a brilliant hiding place. Where? That ceiling panel, over by the lockers. Yeah. What about it? It lifts off. You can crawl inside the roof. Uh-oh, here's Dr Cooper. Listen, children. This afternoon, we're having a fire drill. When the bell rings, you must do what the nearest grown-up says, OK? You all understand? I'll take that as a yes. Right, Lizzie. Come with me. Oh, but I... Don't worry, they always test new children. We've all had it done. It's OK. Now, slip your shoes off and stand on the metal plate. Hold your demon. Look forward and stare at the little green light. Good girl. And now uh, come over to this machine and put your hand into this tube. Straighten your fingers. Are you measuring dust? Who told you about dust? One of the girls. I ain't dusty. Uh, this is different. Uh, now clench your fist. That's right. Good. Uh, now if you feel around, you'll find a handle. Fine. Now, you'll feel a slight tingling, but it's just a small anbaric current. Why'd you cut people's demons away? What? Another girl said you cut people's demons away. Nonsense. Oh, there's the fire alarm, Lizzie. Follow Sister Clara. Her outdoor clothes are in the dormitory building, Doctor. Oh. She can't go out like this. <sighs> when I come yesterday, you put my clothes in the cupboard next door. Go on, then. Roger! Billy! Let's stick together. We need to look around. They'll notice if we just walk off. I'm going to make a snowball and chuck it into the crowd. See if it starts something. Ugh. <laughs> 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 You've started 
something all right. Good. Come on before anyone sees. This is supposed to be it. Look, entry strictly forbidden. Then we'll go in. And there's no window. Nothing. It's a large bird. Kaiser! Lyra! Oh, he's a witch's demon. I've been waiting for you to come out into the open. How did you know I was here? I followed the cloud pine Dr. Lancelius gave you. What's happening? Why is there such chaos? It's supposed to be a fire drill. Where are the Egyptians? Are John Farr and Fardacorum safe? John Farr is wounded. The Egyptians are still a day's journey away. This place, there is something wrong here. Very wrong. Yeah, there is. Billy, Roger, you better both go and keep watch. Sorry for staring, like, but I've never seen a demon without a human before. Me neither. Now you have, so go. And I'm not used to being stared at. Now, Lyra, tell me why you're trying to break in here. Because I think it's where they cut children's demons off. But it's locked. I can open it with a spell. Open lock when I knock. Is that it? It's not what you say, but the way that you say it. Oh, thank you, Kaiser. Pan! No, don't look! Don't look! Inside the room, in deep glass-sided cages, demons severed from their children howl and pine and shiver. They tremble into shapes that are jumbled. The head of an owl sits on a lizard's body. A dog with bird's legs has a monkey's head. Kaiser, are you all right? Where are the children of these demons? We found one. Tony Macarius. Only he died. I'll smash the glass and let them out. Wait. It must look as though someone forgot to lock the cages. Take a handful of snow and blow a little against each cage in turn. As Lyra's breath carries the snow against the glass, Kaiser utters an invocation. The cages fall open. Now I'll help these poor demons find their people. This is the most wicked thing I have ever seen. I'll cover them. Now run! Run! What's Kaiser got? Is it the children's demons? Yeah. That's sad. Come on, they're starting to count heads. They'll be going in any minute now. Tell everyone, they've got to put on their outdoor clothes and run out as soon as the fire alarm goes off again, right? I'm going to set it off, because there's a rescue party coming. What's that buzzing sound? It's the Zeppelin. The Zeppelin docks. And Mrs. Coulter descends from the landing platform with the golden monkey demon in her arms. The children shrink from her as she walks among them. She doesn't seem to notice their fear. Come on, Pan. I've dragged the locker to the corner so I can climb up. I need to use Roger's hiding place to stow stuff for later. The panel lifts off easy enough. Careful. Don't drop it. Oh, no, I've got it. Put my boots and leggings in first. And if I wrap the real alethiometer inside the parka, I can shove that through as well. There. All ready for when we escape. I'll keep the pretend one in my pocket. If Mrs. Coulter sees us, we'll say we were kidnapped. Let's hide ourselves in the key for hot drinks. Did Mrs. Coulter get you too? That monkey. He's worse. I tried to kick him. Where do they go to talk? They've got a conference room behind the front office. When he starts out, we're going to go to look around. Bella, anyone out in the corridor? No, you're clear. Come on. Shh. Okay, pull the locker back where it was. How will you get down? Jump. Be careful. 
It's these metal plates. They're supported by girders. The ceiling panels let light through. Pan. It's like being back in the retiring room. If you hadn't gone in, none of this would have happened. Well, some of it would. But we wouldn't be here trying to rescue everyone. Now, which way takes us to the conference room? To your left. Mind, Lyra. There's a row of heating pipes. Okay. It feels solid underneath. Only, I think I'm going to sneeze. Don't. People will hear you. I'm trying not to. I'll keep small and fly, so no one will hear me at all. We must be above the conference room. I can hear voices. One's definitely Mrs. Coulter. Tell me about the new separator. Lord Asriel discovered that a manganese and titanium alloy has the property of insulating the body from the demon. What's happening with Lord Asriel? He's under suspended sentence of death. Now your new instrument, Dr. Cooper, how does it work? Well, we've developed a kind of guillotine, and the child is placed in a compartment, like a small mesh cabin, with the demon in a similar interconnecting space. The blade is brought down between them. It takes a matter of seconds. Uh, there have been some casualties. Casualties? Well, deaths. I should still like to see it. But I'm tired now. I think I'll go to bed. Tomorrow, we shall find out who released the demons. Good night. Good night. Her attitude worries me. She likes watching the children being severed. It's almost ghoulish. And what is Lord Asriel up to? Trying to top her idea with something bigger. But how's he got himself sentenced to death? I think they'll kill him sooner rather than later. Someone's in the ceiling. Quick, pull that desk over. Doctor, it's the new child. Get off Pan. Get off him. You are supposed to touch another demon. You kids aren't supposed to scuttle about in the ceiling like rats. You don't suppose she freed the demons? Not unaided. She can't go back with the other children. I can. I won't say anything. Let me go. There's only one thing we can do. Now? No. Yes. She won't remember who she is, what she heard. Get off. The two doctors carry a kicking, screaming, struggling Lyra along the corridors to the experimental heart of Bolvanga. The laboratory is brilliantly lit. Dr. Beck restrains Lyra whilst Dr. Cooper opens the doors to the mesh cabins. Then Pan and Lyra are forced inside the machine. Why are you doing this? Help us! Don't touch Pan! Don't touch him! The severing blade is raised as the mechanics engage and the process of separating body from soul begins. What are you doing? Oh, Lyra, my darling! The golden monkey disengages the machine and removes the restraints, gently lifting the bewildered pantaliman from the cage. Lyra climbs out, avoiding Mrs. Coulter's attempts to help her. My dear, dear child, why are you here? Sit up and drink this. Cry as much as you need to. I'm not crying. We searched all over for you, darling. I was kidnapped. I thought as much. We even offered a reward. I think the master of Jordan College gave you something. He told you not to tell me about it, didn't he? It's meant for Lord Azrael. Oh, no. He was sent into exile because he had something dangerous and wicked on his mind. The alethiometer is in that belt around your waist, isn't it? Get off! It's not yours! <laughs> what a funny old tin. Another tin inside the first one. Oh, I'm soldered too. Who did this, dear? Let me get my knife. Mrs. Coulter takes out a silver clasp knife from her bag. She prizes the solder from the innermost tin, and the spy fly hurtles out. 
Lyra strikes the fire alarm with the edge of her fist, and she and Pan run out into the corridor. You don't think it'll come after us? I think it's too mad at Mrs. Coulter. Now, we need to get a real fire started. Best place to do that's the kitchen. <gasps> we need some bags of flour. Why? Roger said if you hold one at a flame, it explodes. How does he know? Here. Does it matter if it's self-raising? Don't think so. Well, stand back. Oh, he was right. Wow, yeah. Well, let's go and find Roger. Roger! Roger! There, I can see him. The goblins are going to cut you from your demons. Run, get out! Run! There's a rescue party coming. We've got to get out! Run! Lola, the staff must have alerted the Tartar guards. They're really going to shoot us! They're really going to shoot! Make snowballs! Come on, quick! The only thing we can do is blind them with snowballs. They can't see. They can't aim. Now run! Ready, everyone! Shoot us anyway! What's that? Someone's shooting arrows at them! Oh, it's witches! Look up! Look! Sheriffina Pekala! Yuri! Yuri! A huge armored polar bear seems to materialize out of the snow itself. He runs towards the terrified children. No! Don't turn back, children! Don't turn back! It's Yuri Burnison! Yuri! Yuri! He's on our side! The kids don't know that! They do now! He's got that guard! as big as you can and keep your children warm. Where are the Egyptians? The children are going to move too far away. My hands, my feet, I can't feel them. How far we got to go? I'm not sure. I can't, I can't. You bloody well walk. Get up, walk. Egyptians must be close. children. You're safe. You're going home. We'll go back to Jordan, Roger. Ah, I'm being pulled off the ground. Me too. What's got hold of me? Oh, I can't see. Oh, it's a witch. Witches gently lift Roger and Lyra up to Lee Scoresby's balloon. They find it the most exhilarating feeling, being suddenly weightless, floating. Although the novelty can wear off, I assure you. Thank you, ladies. Welcome aboard, Lyra. By all means, bring your friend. Get in, Roger. Oh, I'm trying. Howdy, young man. Hello. Come on, Yorick, old feller. A number of witches carry a surprised-looking Yorick Bjornesson into the balloon. Lyra, where have you gone? I'm up here, Father Coram. We're off to rescue Lord Azrael. Well, I thought the balloon would be useless. <laughs> but here I am, gladly proved wrong. Father Coram. Serafina Pakale, it's good to have seen you, even ever so fleetingly. Go well, Lyra, my dear. Farewell, Serafina. Goodbye, Father Coram. Goodbye, my love. 
Esther, can you hear the swish of the cloud pine and smell the resin? Mmm, wholesome as coffee, boiling on a campfire. Mm. The witches are gonna pull us north. Oh my, this is novel. Like the pictures on old maps of the wind puffing out his cheeks. We've got the elegant version. Queen Seraphina and her ladies in rippling silk. Lara, this rat Roger in some furs before he turns into an icicle. Yuri, thank you. Uh, you knew I would come. Yeah, I knew. Ah. The Aurora. You can see the Bridge of Bifrost. Souls are supposed to cross it to go to the other world. Serafina flies up to the edge of the basket and sits on the rim so she can talk to Lyra. Lyra Balakwa, have you got the symbol, reader? Yes, it's in my pocket. I keep checking it and finding stuff out. A large snow goose demon flies up to join his witch. Kaiser, hello. Greetings, Lyra. I am happy you managed to free the children. The Egyptians have now laid waste to Borvanga. It can never be rebuilt. What happened to the demons we rescued? Returned. Cared for. There is nothing else to be done for them. So, Lyra, do you know why you're going to Lord Azriel? Yes. I have to take in Lilithiomta. Why? There are things I must tell you. But you're tired now. We'll talk when you wake. Let me touch your eyes. And Roger's too. Now sleep. So, Serafina. This little girl's important, huh? Very. Does that mean there's going to be much in the way of armed pursuit? You're used to fighting, Mr. Scoresby. Yep. But I thought this was a straightforward transportation contract, and I charged accordingly. Insurance on these balloons goes up every time we're involved in an armed insurgency. And I sometimes hanker after a little unalloyed, pleasurable flying, with nothing more hostile than an aggrieved bird. This child will bring about the end of destiny. Will she? Pity she ain't Texan. I guess end in destiny don't boost her popularity in some quarters, huh? So you're saying I can expect trouble. How about the boy? Where does he fit in? He was brought to the north by the fates. Lyra is taking something of immense value to her father. That's how you read it, huh? I might be wrong. But the boy is part of the big picture. We all are. Roger's still asleep then? Yeah. How far are we from Svalbard? Not far now. Where are we gonna land? We'll avoid the cliffs. Creatures live there who prey on anything that moves. Cliff ghasts. We'll set you down in the interior, away from Yofa Rackness's palace. Why do people have demons, Seraphina Pekala? It's what makes us different from the animals. But Yurik said his armor is like a demon. Demons make us different, not better. Why is he coming to Svalbard? He hasn't told you who he is. What do you mean? He should be king. Only he committed a crime. I thought their king was Yofa Ragnarsson. Only because Yorick was exiled. There was a fight over a she-bear. He should have wounded, not killed his opponent. True, Esther. But then we all do what we ought not to have done. To air is human. To air is bear. <laughs> and hair. <laughs> <laughs> the ice-encrusted balloon flies on. Strong winds begin to buffet the gas bag and tilt the balloon. Mr. Scoresby, 
Something is very wrong. Did you see a head? No, but there's movement. I'll let out some gas. We're way too high. Oh, you better. We'll be astronauts, not aeronauts, if you don't, boy. I ain't lost anybody yet, have I? We're all here, Mr. Scoresby. You're just keeping us from falling out. You're safe. Painted wagons, Hester. The balloon's kicking like a wild Mustang. Yeehaw! That's a gas valve, folks, and not a puncture. It works on a spray. Kind of like I wish I did when it gets this bumpy. Before she can finish, winged leather-skinned gargoyles land on the balloon and attempt to drag it down, slashing at it with their filthy talons. Yorick Bjornesson cuffs them away. More take their place. Cliff ghasts make a terrible noise, and they stink and smirk. The balloon begins to plummet, and the basket tilts, hurling out Lyra and Pan. They fall a few feet and land on a hard, frozen snow. Yuri! Roger! The balloon, it's gone. No, it can't have. Where are we? Welcome to Svalbard, Pan. Cold, bruised, and frightened, Lyra and Pan make their way over weather-sheared rock and jags of ice. Here are the sandbags. Mr. Scoresby must have slung them out to fly up again. Pan! There's Yorick! Yorick! I think it is. Pan's right. It isn't Yorick, but another armored bear. A foot soldier on patrol. He turns his lean, fierce face towards them. Your name? Lyra. Where have you come from? We fell from a balloon. You are my prisoner. Okay. Move! Now we are near the palace. You must look up and marvel. There is little daylight, but Lyra looks. She finds herself standing in front of a vast marble palace. It is taller than the highest tower of Jordan College. The front is carved with representations of our warfare. It shows bears victorious and screaming, surrendering. Tartars chained and slaving in the fire mines. Zeppelins flying from all parts of the world, bearing gifts and tributes to the king of bears, Euphorachnison. Does it? It's hard to make anything out because of the bird poo. Oh, it's everywhere, yuck. But the bear doesn't notice the mess and the stink, and proudly leads Lyra with Pan hidden in her pocket over icy ground, filthy with the spatter of birds into a courtyard. There's an increasing stink of rancid seal fat, bear and bird dung, blood, refuse of every sort. The way is lit by blubber lamps that don't allow Lyra to see what she's treading in. The bear stops outside a heavy door of iron, a guard bear pulls back a massive lock and then swings his head at Lyra, knocking her through the doorway. Ooh. You're a bit heavy-headed, Pan. You all right? Yeah, I'm a firefly. I'm trying to work up a good glow. Over there. The alethiometer's been banged about. I hope it still works. Let me sit on your wrist so you can see. That's a bit better. Right, I'll ask it where Yurik is. A few hours away. Carried there by the balloon after the crash. And Roger. 
with Yurik. He's safe then. Now, what will Yurik do? Break into the palace and rescue you. If I was a rich pan, you could go off and take the messages and we would make a proper plan. If you were a witch, we'd still be flying in the air on some cloud pine and not locked in the bear's dungeon. Who's that talking? Who are you? What? Speak up. Lyra Blackwa. What's your name? Jotham Centilia. I'm a professor of cosmology at the University of Gloucester. What have they locked you up for? <laughs> Malice and jealousy. I know too much about them. Uh, so, have you seen Euphoracnison? I've had tea with him on several occasions. I came here out at his invitation. He wanted to set up a university. I was going to be vice-chancellor. What happened? Lesser men spread lies about my qualifications. Well, I expect Eurek Bernison will believe you. <laughs> no use if he did. He'll never come back. Well, he's on his way now. They'll kill him with fire hurlers before he gets near. What about the other prisoners? Like Lord Azrael? Shh, shh, quiet. Euphoracnison says he's not to be mentioned. Why? Mrs Coulter came here and offered Euphoracnison all kinds of rewards to keep Lord Azrael out of the way. Eupha was besotted with her. He's kept Lord Asriel isolated, but he's also let him have all the equipment he wants. <laughs> he's trying to please both sides, and he's heading for catastrophe. Really? Yes. And what Yofa Rackinson wants most of all is a demon. <laughs> a demon. How silly is that, eh? Well, get in my pocket, Pan. Meet other prisoners. Them as have teeth. <laughs> Mine have been confiscated. I don't mind. I've stopped thinking about food. Now it has ceased to exist. You must take me to Yofrachnison. I've got news about Yurik Bernison. Tell me. I'll pass it on. I can't. The king has to know first. Does he? Yeah. He's the most important bear. So the most important information is told to him. Oh, so many new rules. I can't keep up. You'd better come with me. Lyra and Pantalaimon are guided into the throne room. There's the sudden blaze of light from an enormous pair of chandeliers. A dozen or more bears gaze at her. The room is also filled with skewers and turns. On a dais at the other end of the room is a mighty throne, hewn from granite and decorated with swags of gilt. Sitting on the throne is the biggest bear Lyra and Pantalaimon have ever seen. Jofar Ragnarsson is taller and bulkier than Yorick, his face more mobile and expressive, with a kind of humanness. He wears a gold chain, and his claws, each a good six inches long, are covered in gold leaf. Pan, the stink's worse than ever, and this horrible pooey carpet. Don't breathe too deeply, or you'll pass out. Greetings, Your Majesty. I've got important information about Yurik Bernison and demons. Demons? Gods, leave me. Who are you? I'm Yurik Bernison's demon, Your Majesty. What? Yurik Bernison's demon? How has a bear got a demon? And how are you so far from him? I'm like a witch's demon, and he got me at Bolvanger. 
Mrs Coulter didn't tell you everything they were doing there. She swore she had. Well, she didn't. She's that kind of person. Yorick Bernison offered himself for an experiment to see if they could make a demon for him. And they made me. My name's Lyra. People's demons are animal form, so a bear's demon is human. Of course I know that. And where is he now? Here. What do you mean, here? Svalbard. Oh, you'll tear him to pieces. Oh, no, you mustn't. Once they saw how powerful a bear was with a demon, they were scared and stopped the experiment. That means Yurik Bernison is the only bear who will ever have a demon. He wants to lead all the bears against you, and that's why he's coming to Svalbard. I will kill him. But if you kill him with fire hurlers, I'll die as well. Well, demon, do you have an alternative suggestion? Uh, yeah, defeat Yorick in single combat. I can't fight with him. He's an outcast. Well, you'll have to if you want me as your demon. Uh, prove you're a demon. All right. Ask me something only you know. What was the first creature I killed? That's easy. When I'm your demon, you'll be able to see how I do it. But until then, it's private. There is an anteroom behind this one. Come out when you have the answer. Where is Yorick now? An hour away. That's no use. We haven't got a watch. What was the first creature Yofra Atkinson killed? Yofra's own father? Alone, on his first hunting expedition, he came across another bear. They argued, and Yofra killed him. He only found out afterwards, and he's never told anyone. How do I tell him that? He'll kill me. Flatter him. Tell him he smells nice. Pan. Well? I beg your pardon, Your Majesty. I didn't know you were so strong. Answer my question. The first creature you killed was your own father. Mm -hmm. And it was before you were fully grown. You didn't know it was him, but you were the stronger. Yes. You are a real demon. A bear's demon. You will be mine. Yurik Bernison is only an hour away. Tell your guards not to attack him. What should I say to my subjects? Say that you've called Yurik Bernison here to fight him and that whoever wins will rule over the bears forever. Guards! Prepare the combat ground. Yurik Bernison is on his way and we shall face each other in combat for the kingship in perpetuity. Now, armorers, prepare me. Sharpen my claws and burnish my armor. Fetch me a fresh kill that I can test my claws on. A walrus carcass is fetched. Two blows and its skull is cracked like an egg. Lyra watches with increasing horror. Pan, what have I done? It feels like I've sentenced Yorick to death. There is a roar from the watchtower as Yorick Burnison enters the palace grounds. He's here! 
go now, demon. Tell him I want to fight. Lyra! Yurik has done a terrible thing. I've tricked Yofaragnason to thinking that I was your demon and that I was going to desert you. But he had to fight to win me. Otherwise, Yurik dear, they were going to kill you before you got close. You tricked Yofaragnason? Well, I made him agree that he'd fight you and the winner would be king of the bears. <laughs> you are Lyra's silver tongue. To fight him is all that I want. Come, my little demon. Fight well, Yurik, dear. You're the real king. Bears! The terms of this combat are these. If Yofaragnison kills me, then he will be king forever. If I kill Yofaragnison, I shall be your king. My first order to you all will be to tear down that palace. Iron is metal of bears. Gold is not. You for Ragnison has polluted Svalbard. You for Ragnison, I challenge you. Yorick Dearnison has come back at my invitation. It's for me to make the terms of combat. If I kill Yorick Dearnison, his flesh shall be torn apart and scattered to the cliff gases, and his head shall be displayed above my palace. His memory shall be obliterated. He will never have existed. <laughs> Yofer looks glossy and immense, and splendidly armored. Yorick is smaller, poorly equipped, with his armor rusted and dented. But Yorick's armor is his soul. Yofer, discontent in his, is restless for another form of soul. Yorick reads this from the Bear King's way of moving. The bears begin to prowl edging forward, swinging their heads. Then they stop and face each other. And with a roar and blur of snow, they start to run, gathering speed like two great masses of rock shaken loose by an earthquake. The crash as they meet echoes back from the palace wall. The first to rise is Yorick. Oh, Pan! Yorick's damaged King Yufa's armor. He's dented it. The Bear King can't lift his head, and there's a gap near his neck. Yorick makes for this gap, breaking the translucent fur, hooking his claws beneath the edge of Yofa's helmet. Yofa fixes his teeth near Yorick's throat. Drops of blood fly through the air. Then Yorick's rare claws dig into the links of Yofa's chainmail sark and rip downwards. That gold arm is useless. Yorick's battered old stuff is much better, much stronger. Oh, there's a lot of blood. The two bears stand apart, Yofa now hindered by the chainmail which trails around his rear legs. But Yorick is bleeding freely from a deep wound at his neck, and then the two bears are at each other again, throwing up fountains of snow. He's hurt his leg! No! No, no, no! Lyra trembles. Yorick is limping every time he puts his left forepaw to the ground. It hardly bears his weight, and the blows from his left hand are growing feeble. 
whimpering chubby. Oh, Pan, Yorick's gonna die. But he must see that I don't turn away. I'm not fearful. Oh, my dear one. But Yorick is moving backwards to find clear, dry footing from which to leap, and the useless left arm is really fresh and strong. You cannot trick a bear, but Yofa does not want to be a bear. He yearns to be human, and Yorick is tricking him. Suddenly, as Yofa taunts, Yorick rises up against Yofa, tearing his lower jaw clean off so that it flies into the snow yards away. Yofa's red tongue lolls down, dripping over his open throat. The Bear King is voiceless, biteless, helpless, and bleeding to death. Yorick bites into Yofa's throat, and Yofa Reckneson's life comes away in his teeth. There is acclamation, pandemonium, a crush of bears surging forward to pay homage. Bears! Who is your king? any human prisoners you find there, then raise it to the ground. Yorick, I wish there were some bandages or something. There's an awful cut on your belly. The bear lays a mouthful of some thickly frosted green moss at Yorick's feet. This is blood moss. Press it in the wounds for me, Lyra. Some of the blood starts to freeze on the tips of her fingers, and when the bleeding stops, she looks across the courtyard. Walking towards her through the red snow is Roger, with his demon, Salcilia. Lyra! Roger! We crashed into a mountain. Yurik Bernison came straight back to look for you. He carried me to the edge of the palace and told me to wait. I'm famished. I suppose I'm going to have to eat seal. Never thought I'd miss Bovanger in any way, but I've been dreaming of cheese on toast. No chance of that, Roger. Come on, they're going to light a fire. Liar or silver tongue. Come and tell me what Mrs. Coulter will do. There's not enough light to read the alethiometer by. Fetch light. What happened to Mr. Scoresby and the witches? The witches were attacked by another witch clan. As for Lee Scoresby, the balloon soared up again after the boy and I fell out, taking him with it. Your symbol reader will tell you what his fate is. Here is your light. A sledge with a cauldron of smouldering charcoal is brought. A bear thrusts a resinous branch into it, and it catches at once. Lee Scoresby's still in his balloon. He's not hurt. Ah, what of Mrs. Coulter? It says... She's heard about us flying this way. And she's got a transport zeppelin armed with machine guns. And they're on their way here. She'll soon know about you for Atkinson, because witches will tell her. And they'll learn it from Glyphgas. She's going to kill Lord Azrael. It's coming clear now. She knows what he's going to do. It must be about the city in the sky. She's trying to get to it before he does. Wait, now it's telling me something else. Right. She wants something I've got, because Lord Azrael wants it too. It must be the Salithiometer. I must take it to Lord Azrael. How near is Mrs. Coulter? A few hours. I will take you to Lord Azrael. Children, climb onto the bears and they will carry you. 
Do you think your dad will give us something decent to eat? We've come this far to give him the ethiometer. He should throw us a party. Cheese on toast will do for me. Again, they journey northward. The way is difficult and bitterly cold. The children's hands and feet are so numb they can hardly manage to hold on to the bears. And then, ahead of them is a house with massive windows. Light spills from them onto the snow. Visible through the topmost window is a figure pacing backwards and forwards, his hair like a lion's mane. The children stumble through the snow, supporting each other as the wind cuts the exposed skin of their faces. They reach the door. Not Lyra. Not little Lyra. Come in. Sorry. Lord Asriel, look who's here. What are you doing here? Come on, Lyra. We should have gone straight back to Jordan College. Wait, who's this with you? It's Roger Parslow. He's my friend. Not that you're really interested. Goodbye. But how did you get here? Yuri Bernison and his guard bore us. He's the new king of the bears. Is that so? Thorold, run a bath for these children and prepare some food. Their clothes are filthy. They smell of bear. Follow me, Miss Lyra. Roger. Excuse me, sir, but if there's a choice, could I have cheese and toast, please? <laughs> of course you can. But first, let's run you a bath and warm you up. Roger, you go first. I'll sit outside and talk. I'm scared of your uncle. Uh, I mean your father. Yeah, me too. When we come in, he never saw me and he was horrified. We never expected to see me. He thought I was back in Jordan College. He was really shocked, wasn't he? I don't know why, but I'm more scared of him than I was of Miss Coulter. My guess is he's up to something. You mean more than trying to get to the city in the sky? He's sort of plotting. Do you want me to ask the symbol reader about it? I'd rather not know. That was smashing. Best cheese and toast I've ever tasted. Thank you. Now you've eaten, the boy is to go to bed. His lordship asks if you'll join him in the library, Miss Lyra. All right. Thorold's gone all formal on us. Something's definitely up. I'll try and find out what it is. Come on, Miss Lyra. Lord Asriel's inclined to get a bit impatient. Your friend, Yorick Bjornsson, is resting outside. He prefers the cold. He seems to have appointed himself your guardian. John Farr told him to look after me. How does John Farr come into this? I'll tell you if you tell me something. You're my father, aren't you? And Mrs Coulter, she's my mother. Yes. You should have told me before. I don't see what difference it would have made, except you'd have felt it was your right to plague me when I visited. And when you saw me just now, it was like I was some horrible thing you never wanted to see again. And not your own flesh and blood. I bet Yorick Bernison loves me more than you do. Besides, I stopped you from drinking that poison wine. You'd be dead now if it weren't for me. I could say the same for you. What do you mean? I saved your life as a baby. And it would have been more convenient for you if I died. If you're going to be sentimental, I shan't waste my time talking to you, all right? Fine. Take your stupid alethiometer, then. I'm going back with Yurik. Mrs Coulter's on her way to Svalbard in a zeppelin with lots of soldiers, and they're going to kill us all. They'll never reach us. Yes, they bloody will. Sit down. Come on. Sit down where I can see you. Have you got another alethiometer, then? I don't need one. I've come all this way to give it to you. You could have at least pretended. You'd have seen through any lie. You're a natural liar yourself, so I couldn't have tricked you. Your name's appropriate. Lyra the Liar. What's dust? Dust makes the alethiometer work. So I was told. But what is it? The magisterium has been preaching about dust for centuries. 
Only they don't call it by that name. What do they call it? Do you know what original sin is? Yeah, of course I do. No, you don't. Pass me that Bible. You remember the story of Adam and Eve? God threw them out of the garden for eating an apple. And when the woman took up the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, their eyes were opened and they looked upon the one true form of their demons and spoke with them. But until that moment, they were at one with all the creatures of the earth and of the air and of the water. And they knew good and evil and were ashamed. And they sewed fig leaves together to cover their nakedness. Sin came into the world at that moment their demons were fixed because they suddenly knew right from wrong, good from evil. This was regarded by the magisterium as loss of innocence. This is what they mean by original sin. But there wasn't really an Adam and Eve. Think of Adam and Eve as an imaginary number, like the square root of minus one. You can never see any concrete proof that it exists, but if you include it in your equations, you can calculate all manner of things that couldn't be imagined without it. And when dust was discovered, there was physical proof that something happened. The Bible gave us the name dust as well. Of dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. And what about the gobblers? Your mother's always been ambitious for power. At first she tried to get it through marriage, but that didn't work. So she turned to the church and set up her own order, specialising in dust. The magisterium backed her with money and resources. But whose idea was it to do the cutting in the first place? Hers. She guessed that if the demon were separated from the body, we might never be subject to original sin. There was something else that happened during the process. The energy that links body and demon is immensely powerful. When the cut is made, all that energy escapes in a fraction of a second. Did you do any cutting? No. Never? Never. I didn't need to. Now, I want to go to the source of dust itself, to the universe we can see through the aurora. No one thought it would be possible to travel from one universe to another, but if light can cross the boundary, so can we. We can build a bridge. It needs a phenomenal burst of energy, but I can do it. And when I do, death is going to die. Miss, miss, get up quickly. Donald, what's happening? Lord Asriel's got the boy, miss. He's taken Roger. I never knew till now, but he needed a child to finish his experiment. Oh, Roger, what have I done? How could you have known, miss? I've lived with him 20 years and I didn't. Yorick! Where's Yorick? Is he still outside? I haven't looked. Well, help me dress. I've got to go. We couldn't have known he'd do this, Lyra. You can't blame yourself. I should have asked the alethiometer. Roger said not to. Yeah, but I still should have checked. It didn't mean I had to tell him. Yurik Bersen, I need you! Lord Asriel's taken Roger! Oh, Yurik, please go quick! We've got to rescue him! Come then, climb on my back! Oh, the moon is incredibly bright. There are the tracks of Lord Asriel's sledge, running towards that range of hills. 
I think I can see movement ahead. Pan, can you become an owl and look? Yes. It's Lord Asriel and Roger. They're going really fast. Yorick, what is it? Oh, the aurora. Not that. Climb down. The Zeppelin's coming and with it another enemy. Witches. These are not Seraphina Peckola's clan. Fares into formation. Lyra, get behind that rock. The witches must swoop low to fire accurately. Then we will rake them from the air. Some are turning back. On the Zeppelin's here. Unload the fire hurler. Aim and fire that well. <laughs> Can't pierce armor with little bullets. The bears discharge another deadly burst from the fire hurler. It finds purchase on the silk envelope of the Zeppelin's gas bag. The hydrogen inside it ignites. The Zeppelin crashes, flaming into the ice. The witches have helped Mrs. Coulter drag the machine gun clear. They will hold out for a long time. Lyra, we must go on. Yurik, will you find Lee Scoresby? Yes. And if you see Seraphina Peckler? I will tell her what you did. Thank you, Yurik. <sighs> The tracks go on, but I cannot. You must walk over the ice bridge alone. My weight would break it. If I come back, I'll thank you properly, King Yurik Bernison. Goodbye, Lyra Silvertongue. Goodbye. Lyra must cross a thin arc of ice to reach Roger and Lord Asriel. There's a crack running across the width of it. She has to cross this fragile bridge, or fail Roger. Lyra, step gently. Come on, I'll fly. Oh, oh, I think... Pan! Yes, run, 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 Lyra, run. Come on, jump. The snow bridge snaps away from the cliff and falls into the chasm. I wish it was someone else doing this, and not me. I don't know what to do. I'm really scared. I'm really, really scared. Come on, we have to get Roger. We can still rescue him. Don't give up. They climb into the moonlit cold, with the aurora dancing around their heads. Tears have frozen on Lyra's face. Some hang like crystals from her long, tawny eyelashes. So many mountains to the east and west. South is the way we came. I can't see Yorick or the other bears. I'm not even sure I can see the wreck of the Zeppelin. I'll fly up a little way and find Lord Asriel and Roger. Yes, yes, they're here. Just beyond the peak, Lord Asriel's laid out his wires and batteries. W what does he want Roger for? Whatever it is, he's got hold of his arm. He's not letting him go. Oh, the aurora's flickering and dimming, like an unbarrack bulb just before it dies. <gasps> it's gone out altogether. A pan. I think I can feel something. Is it dust? It's like the air's full of thoughts. Lyra! Lyra! Help us, please! I'm here, Roger! Lyra! I'm coming, Salsilia! Pan changes into a snow leopard, Lyra! almost as large as Lord Asriel's demon, Stelmaria. Oh, Pan! Stelmaria's got Roger's demon! Let us go! 
Lord Azrael knocks Roger to the ground. He then connects two wires leading from the sledge. The aurora blazes into life again, like a current between terminals. Lord Azrael's controlling the aurora. I am master of the aurora, but the best is still to come. The spectacle to end all spectacles is about to open the sky. No, 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 please. Grab my hand. Now run, Roger. Pan, snatch Sarsilia. Get her clear. Stop. Lord Asriel's demon's got Sarsilia again. Chuck's nails at her. Come on. The snow's giving way under us. We're going to fall. Roger, grab Sarsilia. And the entire shelf of snow is sliding away beneath Lyra and Roger and Pan. Roger cries and twists because the snow leopard has his demon. Lyra knows the heart-convulsing pain that separation causes, and she tries to stop them sliding, but she can't. An entire shelf of snow slithers towards the sea a thousand feet below. Roger is severed from his demon, and his heart stops. And high above them, the greatest wonder. There's a rending, grinding, and tearing which reaches from one end of the universe to the other. And there's dry land in the sky. The aurora sways above them, its continual surging, flicker, picking out buildings and a great blue lake and rows of swaying palm trees in the world above. They are so close it seems possible to step from this world to that. And suddenly, Mrs. Coulter appears on the ridge next to Lord Asriel. The vault of heaven, star-studded and profound, seems to shatter. A warm wind rises, melting the snow. The fall of the snow shelf is halted. An unseen ledge breaks its fall. No! Lyra, eyes wide, watches her parents embrace. Roger's body lies dead in her arms. Pan has copied Salcilia's last form an arctic fox, and he shivers and whimpers. Above them, Ozymandias reaches out a tentative paw towards Stel Maria. The leopard lowers her head with a graceful, sensual acknowledgement, and they touch. Her own parents, together. No! My parents should be shoving each other off the mountain, not kissing. I bloody well want to be orphaned. Look, Pan, they're kissing and stuff. Mrs. Coulter's held tightly in Lord Azriel's arms. Light plays around them like sparks. Lyra can only imagine what must have happened. Mrs. Coulter, with some kind of terrible determination, had managed to follow her here. I've made it possible for anyone to cross if they wish. They'll excommunicate those who try. This will mean the end of the Magisterium, Marissa. The end of all centuries of darkness. Look at the sun of another world. Feel the warmth of it on your skin. Lord Azriel pushes back Mrs. Coulter's hood and turns her head to the sky, running his hands through her hair. Lyra watches breathlessly, unable to move a muscle. Come with me. Away and out of this world. I daren't. Your child would dare anything. She's more yours than mine, Azriel. And where is she now? I followed her footsteps up. You want her still? Twice you've tried to hold her. Why she's got away. Lyra looks at their demons and sees a strange sight. The snow leopard tenses, crouching with her claws, just pressing into the golden monkey's flesh. Then Mrs. Coulter pulls back fiercely from the kiss. No, Azriel. My place is in this world. Come and work with me. 
We couldn't work together. You and I could take the universe to pieces and put it back together again. We could find the source of dust and stifle it forever. They kiss again. The snow leopard rolls over on her back, and the monkey rakes his claws into the soft fur of her neck, and she growls a deep rumble of pleasure. If I stay here, you'll try to destroy me. Come with me. Work with me, and I'll care whether you live or die. Stay here, and you'll lose my interests forever. Now, choose. Mrs. Coulter hesitates. Her eyes closed. She seems to sway as if she were fainting. No. No. Their demons are apart again. Lord Azrael reaches down and curls his strong fingers into the snow leopard's fur and walks away without another word. The golden monkey leaps into Mrs. Coulter's arms, making little sounds of distress, reaching out to the snow leopard as she paces away. Mrs. Coulter's face is covered in real hot tears. Shaken with sobs, she moves back down the mountain. Lyra watches coldly till she disappears from view. Then she looks up and sees a city hanging above them, shining and new-made. The sun of another world continues to melt the ice. She's still holding Roger's body. Pantalaimon is trying to say something, but her mind is ablaze, and she can't hear him till he presses his claws into the back of her hand. Azriel tricked me. Lyra. What? What? Lord Azriel's going to find the source of dust and destroy it, isn't he? Yeah, that's what he said. And the Oblation Board, and the Magisterium, and Polfanger, and Mrs. Coulter. They want to destroy dust as well, don't they? Yeah. Or stop it affecting people. Why? If they think dust is bad, then it must be good. Yeah, you're right. They're all afraid of it. And we just presumed dust was bad too. Because they were grown-ups and said so. We could get to it before he does, and... Yeah, we'll go up there and search for dust. And when we found it, we'll know what to do. We'll get to it before Lord Azrael does. We could do it too. We've come all this way. And just because we're children, that doesn't matter. We'd be alone. Yorick Bjornesson can't follow us and help. Nor Father Coram, Lord Far, or Serafina Pekala, or Mr Scoresby. No one. Roger's body lies still in her arms. She lets him down gently, stands up and turns away. We'll do it. Behind them lies pain and death. Ahead of them lies doubt and anger and fathomless mysteries. But they aren't alone. They have each other. So Lyra and her demon Pantalaimon turn away from the world they were born in and look towards the sun. Come on, Pan. When we find us, we'll know what to do. Let's walk into the sky. In Northern Lights by Philip Pullman, dramatised by Lavinia Murray, Lyra was played by Lulu Popplewell, Balthamos by Ray Fearon, Lord Asriel by Terence Stamp, and Mrs Coulter by Emma Fielding. Fada Coram was played by Kenneth Cranham, The Master by Bill Patterson, Lee Scoresby by Peter Marinka, Hester by Carla Simpson, and Serafina Pekala by Tracy Ann Oberman. Yorick Bjornesson was played by Steve Hodson, 
Jofa Racknesson by Gerard McDermott, Pantalaimon by Richard Firth, and Ozymandias by David Holt. Lord Farr was played by Sean Dooley, Mar Costa by Anne Beach, Joey Costa by Ben Crow, The Housekeeper by Joanna Monroe, Dr. Cooper by Martin Hyder, and Santalia by Ewan Meredith. Roger was played by Lee Conwell, Annie by Sumea Keynes, and Bella by Amy Dunn. Stel Maria was played by Laura Doddington, Salcilia by Emma Williams, Billy by Greg Prentice, Tony by Oliver Cookson, and Kaiser by Simon Donaldson. Technical presentation was by Peter Ringrose, Colin Guthrie, and Richard Beadsmore. The music was composed and realized by Billy Cowie. Northern Lights was directed by David Hunter for BBC Radio 4 and published by BBC Audio Books. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.